Good morning and welcome to Go In Peace, a daily podcast from the Houghton College Chapel Office, where each day we take a look at one of our college lectionary texts and we ponder provocative thoughts so that we can truly go in peace to love and serve the Lord. My name is Michael Jordan. I'm Dean of the Chapel here at Houghton. It's my privilege to be the host of Go In Peace and I am glad to share with you this week. Um, I've been glad to share with you on the topic of worship. Worship has been the guiding theme of our college lectionary text this week. And so it's been a privilege to share with you. It's a topic that's really dear to my heart and uh, thankful for, for this chance. Today's the last day that we'll do that, Friday, October 9th. And so we will take a look at three college lectionary texts for today. Our readings are Psalm 84, Isaiah 19, 18 to 25, and Revelation 4, 1 to 11. And today I'll be uh, looking at the Isaiah text. So if you'd like to pause the player and read uh, all the text, that's fine. Or you can come on back and we'll talk about uh, Isaiah 19, 18 through 25. And I'll just go ahead and read that for you now. On that day, there will be five cities in the land of Egypt that speak the language of Canaan and swear allegiance to the Lord of hosts. One of these will be called the City of the Sun. On that day, there will be an altar to the Lord in the center of the land of Egypt and a pillar to the Lord at its border. It will be a sign and a witness to the Lord of hosts in the land of Egypt. When they cry to the Lord because of oppressors, he will send them a savior and will defend and deliver them. The Lord will make himself known to the Egyptians, and the Egyptians will know the Lord on that day, and will worship with sacrifice and burnt offering, and they will make vows to the Lord and perform them. The Lord will strike Egypt, striking and healing. They will return to the Lord, and he will listen to their supplications and heal them. On that day, there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria, and the Assyrian will come into Egypt, and the Egyptian into Assyria, and the Egyptians will worship with the Assyrians. On that day, Israel will be the third with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing in the midst of the earth, whom the Lord of hosts is blessed, saying, Blessed be Egypt, my people, and Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, my heritage. That's an astounding vision uh, in Isaiah 19. These enemies, and make no mistake, they are enemies, Egypt, Assyria, and Israel. Um, these are terrifying nations to the people of Israel. Egypt is a historic enemy. Assyria is a terrifying, powerful reality. And for this vision to be lifted up of the three of them together, existing in peace, worshiping the God of the universe, is just an incredibly powerful vision. We often, I think, miss the ways that our world makes enemies of us to each other ways that we divide ourselves um, against each other. You know, the world, there, there are plenty of enemies that just kind of naturally come from living in the world we live in and, and ways that being enemies just kind of comes naturally to us. But we also do some of that work ourselves and take on labels that seek really to divide us um, rather than unite us. And of course, it's very easy for us to notice when someone else does this to us. Like, when we think someone has taken on a label that's not wise for them to take on, we say, oh, I don't know if you should take on that identity, that label. I think you should think about taking your identity captive to Christ. Just, just have your identity in Christ. 
And it's easy for us to think that when someone takes on an identity that we don't quite see the same way as they do. But we often miss ways that we take on labels that might also be doing some of that, but we don't see them as dangerous to ourselves. Um, when we take on labels related to our nationality, for instance, like I have no trouble identifying myself as an American Christian. But of course, American carries a lot of freight these days. What it means to people that I'm an American Christian. And someone might look at me and say, I don't know if I would identify as American. I would identify as Christian. Uh, you know, I think you should take your identity, you should keep your identity in Christ. Um, that's, a, that's a challenge, right? Like, what, what are the right identities to take on? What are the right labels to take on? And when do we say, you know what, I'm not going to take that label. Um, that, that label really does seek to move me away from others. And they don't, these labels often don't connect us with others across the body. You know, it would have been really just genuinely challenging for God's people to hear this message. You know, as they hear about Egypt, my people, and Assyria, the work of my hands, it would be very tempting and easy for them to feel like, hey, I thought, I, I thought we were your people. I thought we were the work of your hands. It, it makes it sound like everyone is equally loved, equally blessed, and frankly, equally sinful as Egypt and Assyria. And, you know, that's the whole point of the, this part of the book of Isaiah, right? Like starting in about chapter 13, we just get prophecy after prophecy after prophecy about how God is opposed to and yet blessing many nations of the world. God's going to remake everything. And that means a lot of upheaval and that a lot of the labels that we used to take for ourselves that gave us solace and made us feel good about ourselves, those labels uh, are going to have to go away. They're going to burn off in the fire. God yearns for us to understand our common humanity. God yearns for us to understand who we are in him and our, our common need to be remade into his image. Right? We, we, aren't, um, we aren't able uh, to conceptualize ourselves with all of the labels that we want. Those labels are not going to last forever. We aren't able to hold on to those um, once we die. My Americanness, for example, which seems very important to who I am right now, and I, and I think in some ways it will always be part of who I am after I die. Even you know, Richard John Newhouse, a great writer, once said, "When I meet God, I expect to meet Him as an American," and I understand that, like the idea that this country has shaped my perspective about the nature of the world, the nature of reality, and the nature of God. Like that label will always be part of of who I am because it's it's shaped who I've become. But you know, that label is going to mean less and less as I sink into fellowship with more and more people um, who have different ways of understanding the world and I recognize the deep connection I have with them and don't only need to highlight my difference from them, but also can begin to celebrate those things that hold us together more. So I just think it's good for us to think about the labels that we take on here because we don't want to stand in opposition to this vision that God has for us. Right? We don't want to stand in opposition to the beautiful vision of Isaiah that just pictures the whole world together, united, worshiping the God of the Bible. And so we just need to be very, very careful about the labels we take on. And very, very gracious, frankly, when we realize that other people have taken labels that, that we don't like. Like, <laughs> It's important for us to realize how very easy it is for us to think that other people are being divisive. Um, but we often don't sort of point the finger back at ourselves and say, how do my choices of labels, All right, how are they... How are they divisive? How could, I, how could I possibly be sowing seeds of division here by clinging to certain identities? That's, again, a challenging thing. And again, worship chastens these, right? Like, as I come to worship, I leave aside those identities, and I come into God's presence, and I realize, again, who I am, right? When I come to worship, 
what happens is I present myself before God, God presents himself before me, and I realize again who he is, and by extension I begin to realize again who I really am. And I don't need to lean into all those old ways of identifying myself and thinking and being. I realize it's enough for me to be God's beloved child. And worship teaches us that and prepares us for that day in which all of creation will be God's beloved children. Let me pray. God, we're thankful that you call us your beloved children. We're thankful for times of worship which can reinforce this and remind us of who we really are. We acknowledge, God, that we often obscure those realities with the labels we choose. We know that some labels are really important, and um, we wish to be careful about what we accuse others of when we don't appreciate a label that they choose. But we also want to be really careful in the labels that we choose in our lives, God. We pray that as we think about how we talk about ourselves, that that we would choose ways of talking about ourselves which point to our uh, our orientation towards this future moment when you are going to gather all peoples in the world um, as your own. And God, that's such a beautiful image and we want it to be, we want to be living lives that point toward it. Thank you, God, for this week, for the chance to think about worship together. We pray that you'll go with us into the weekend and preserve us, bring us back to each other uh, on Monday, be with us as we join with the body uh, on Sunday. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody, it's been so nice to talk with you about worship this week. We will look forward to next week. We'll be together again uh, October 12th, that Monday, and we will talk about vision. Next week is New Vision Week on Houghton's campus, and so we have a week of readings that relate to vision, to seeing. And so we hope that you'll join us for that. Until then, go in peace to love and serve the Lord.